This is the Reactive Attachment Disorder Podcast. I'm Tracy Turner-Kaiser. I am a licensed professional counselor supervisor. I am in private practice at Full Circle Family Counseling in Pittsburgh, North Carolina, and I'm offering these podcasts to help parents, guardians, grandparents, teachers, anybody that might be interacting with a child with reactive attachment disorder. These podcasts are meant to put more tricks into your bag so that you have more skills in knowing how to handle children with reactive attachment disorder. These are hopefully going to help you not feel so alone in working with kids with reactive attachment disorder or parenting them. I'm hoping that these recordings and podcasts will help give you a little breathing space. Hi, my name is Natalie and I'm helping Tracy to create these podcasts. And today I will be interviewing a parent of a reactive attachment disorder child about their experiences with reactive attachment disorder. We have seven kids, and we have four biological ages, um, 10 to 9 months, and then we have three um, three adopted little girls um, internationally, one little girl from China, and our twins are from Ethiopia. They were 13 months old when they came home, and they were number five and six. What was the tipping point that made you reach out for Tracy's help? Okay, so for us, I think it was a combination of my experiences um, as a professional and just um, like my education and really just my mama instincts that told me that something extra was going on with our girls that we weren't able to um, get to the bottom of ourselves. Um, when they first came home, well, I spent about a month in Ethiopia with our twins, um, just getting the paperwork and getting them home and attachment appeared to be going wonderfully. Um, we got home and, uh, we just really started hitting some hurdles when we had all of our other kids and life was like trying to get back to normal into like a normal routine, um, of what our family life looked like before the girls, um, so we had a lot of hitting, biting, spitting, kicking, pulling hair, just being aggressive. Um, and over the course of a year, so like their first year home, that slowly started to get better. Um, but then the start of our second year, we were still having some of that behavior. And it had escalated in some areas where they were pushing each other down the stairs or off the couch. Um, and just kind of just being really aggressive with each other. Um, a lot of tantrums or raging, um, which seems, I know from an outside perspective, you're like, well, how, how hard can it be there? You know, they came home when they were 13 months and they're only three and a half. But when this happens like all day long, (laughs) you know, and, um, and so, we talked to some professionals about it as far as like, you know, just our pediatrician or other moms in the adopted circle. And, um, you know, people had, had thrown out, had thrown out rad. Um, but I think I was really feeling kind of isolated and, um, a little bit like, I just don't really think other people get what this looks like, you know, until you go through it. And so some things in my mind that were different were the intensity and the frequency and the duration to which these um, tantrums were happening um, are much different in a rad child than what they are in a normal developing child's brain. Um, And so I think 
there was just a point where I just felt like, I think we are so in it, like subjectively, that I just really felt like if we could have someone who was more objective, like a professional, and I specifically looked, um, sought out an attachment therapist, and I wanted someone who could just kind of provide us hope um, and could look at like the big picture of what was going on. And, and so I think in some ways when other people say, oh, that's normal, that's normal, that's normal. But at home, you're seeing this intensity and again, the frequency and the duration to which these fits happen when they're happening all day long and for hours at a time. Um, I think that makes you feel a little bit like your story isn't, or, you know, Adam, I think it makes you feel just like you're not being heard, I guess. Um, or maybe that other people try to normalize your situation to make it all feel better. <laughs> um, and in fact, it, it wasn't, it wasn't feeling better for me. Um, I would, I felt like I was constantly on an adrenaline high, um, so much that it was, it's, it was hard for me to even sit down and read a book. Um, I couldn't leave them alone for any amount of time. I had to be like, I was hyper vigilant and had to be with them all the time in order to make sure that they weren't hurting each other. Um, our other kids were old enough where they could, you know, move or, or tell me, you know, one of the girls hit me, um, or pulled hair or whatever the offense was. Um, but I just felt like we were so in it that I just, I needed a professional's opinion um, from the outside to objectively, who has dealt with this before, who has seen this, who understood the psychology of it, um, who could help us sort out what we were going through. I think when I talk about it, I can be, get kind of passionate about it yeah. because I know that there's so many other moms that are going through this yeah. and who also feel silenced mm -hmm. and, and when you don't understand it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I guess I can become a little bit passionate about just the education that needs to be done um, in our adoption community so that parents understand what it's like to come home and face some of these struggles and just to know that you're not alone and that your story is important. How did you feel in the moment? You said you had this sort of adrenaline burnout feel of like you just you couldn't even relax. It was just like going, 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 and taking you to the edge. How did you feel in the moment yeah. when you saw the twins hitting each other or like yeah. torturing your other children. How did that feel? Yeah. I just felt really sad and I didn't understand it because it's, it's really hard when you, you pray these kids home and you long for them. And I've cried over them coming home and, um, you know, I advocated for them. And then a part of you as a mom wants them to just come home and sink into your arms, you know, and melt into you like your attached children do. Um, and that just wasn't the case. You know, they didn't want to give me eye contact all the time. I would try to hold them and they would squirm out. I would try to rock them um, to sleep and they wanted to just be sat in their crib. Um, so it was just, I think I felt like I was constantly running a marathon, um, just always like, okay, I've got my second wind. Okay. I've got my third wind, but I'm still so tired on the inside. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like you have that adrenaline to get through to mile six and seven and eight and nine and 10 and so on, but you're still, you're still tired, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
it was, it's hard to watch your other children. You know, it's hard to watch my children, my, um, my children that were already in the home, um, to see their new sisters acting that way, you know, so you know that adoption is going to be hard or many of us do that have adopted before. But you just, when you're in it, you don't realize how hard it's going to be. Um, and that doesn't mean that I would change any of it. It just means we had to go through some really hard things to get to where we are now. Um, I, I kind of keep having this thought of being, um, like an arrow and sometimes you have to be pulled back by that bow a little bit and go to those places that are really hard in order to be, um, launched forward to where you need to go. Mm, Beautiful. At the point that you did decide to reach out for help, was there anything else you had tried? Um, you know, I had a large support system as far as, you know, before we moved. And um, I think just being in community with other moms was really important to me with other adoptive moms. Um, so I had definitely done that. I just felt like I needed more tools in my toolbox. I'd read the books, my degrees in early childhood. Um, I'd spent 10 years working in a hospital with, um, with kids with special needs, with kids who are adopted, foster care. Um, kids who had medical trauma. So I'd seen this big picture. I'd worked with kids who had behavior disorders. So I'd seen this big picture, but I think it's really hard to think when you're so in it. You can't see the forest through the trees in some ways, you know? So I needed just more tools in my toolbox to get me to where I felt I really wanted to be as a mom. Mm -hmm. So, and what I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just felt like I specifically um, needed, like, I feel like I'm very resourceful. And so I knew, I knew what I needed. And so when I looked, um, online, I started looking for reviews. I started asking around in the community and I was really willing and determined to do whatever I needed to do to get our family healthy and to get our girls healthy. So I just felt a lot of hope in that. Um, and so when I first talked to Tracy, she was using language that was very, um, comfortable for me or language that I'd heard in the adoption community that I'd heard, um, in hospital settings before that I'd heard with, um, with my education. And so, um, I just felt like she was a really good fit for us. And what were you expecting when you first met with Tracy? Um, I think I was just hoping and expecting to get an outsider, um, outside professionals viewpoint of what was going on, um, with our family. So, um, and specifically with our girls as attachment, I had highly suspected that they had reactive attachment disorder, um, again, but when speaking with, um, other physicians or, you know, people from the outside in the past, it was kind of just covered over. Um, so I was just really, um, I think expecting just a, a third party um, opinion on, on how we could heal as a family. Mm-hmm. Did you meet with her in person at her um, office? Yeah. Okay. At her home. Yeah. And so that first time you drove up, can you tell me what it was like when you drove up and then what like actually happened in your meeting? Um, sure. Um when we first drove up, it was a very, um, I felt the environment was very natural. Um, I love nature and I love being outside. Um, I just had, again, I just had hope, um, that we were going to have someone help us. Um, we drive 
a good hour and a half to get there um, the weeks that we go. And we're just committed and to, to making sure that our girls are healthy. Um, and so we walked in and Tracy was very pleasant. Um, right off the bat, our girls started, you know, she asked them to do something and they started, um, in with tantrums and it was just like, yes, like someone else is going to see what I'm going through, you know? And, um, so again, it was just that hope. Like I just kept feeling like, someone's going to help me. Like we're going to get to the bottom of this and our girls are going to get healed and they're going to do better. And, um, and that's what's happened in, in, I think we started in August and it's November. Um, so with that amount of time being home and then also, um, you know, her help, we just have noticed a huge difference in our girls and I'm really thankful for that. So she was able to give us tools and tips to then go home and um, put into practice. So reading the books was great. Like there's some great adoption books on therapy, um, on attachment. Um, but sometimes it can be really hard to sort through that when you're living it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, so I can read it and understand the information. Now, how do I put it into practice um, so that our girls and that our family um, can be as healthy as possible? Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. When you're in it, it's hard to have that perspective of like, what's that next step? Cause it just looks yeah. like stop signs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, working in the hospital and my husband's a physician. And sometimes like when your kid gets sick, you're just like, Oh my goodness. Like, can I remember the information? You know, like your, your, your emotions kind of take over in some ways and you kind of forget the medical side of it. Um, in some ways. And so I just needed someone to steer us back on track. Um, someone who could say, I know, you know, this information, but let me help you put it into practice. Um, which is exactly what I felt like we got there mm-hmm. are continuing to get there. So what kind of impact has this therapy had for you and your family? What kind of transformations or changes or benefits or values have you received so far? Sure. Um, well, just in the four months that we've been going, we haven't had any of the aggressive behavior anymore. Um, no hitting, no biting, no kicking, no aggressiveness, no pushing each other down the stairs. Um, all of that has stopped. Um, and now our girls tell me, they pick me flowers every day and they tell me I'm the best mom ever in the whole entire world and that they love me. And, um, they ask me to cuddle with them each night. We spend time on the couch cuddling. I um, am, you know, playing my with my hair and just like that physical touch and that contact that we were just really lacking um, because they kept pushing me away. Um, and in some ways, it's really hard as a mom to not feel a little bit resentful when your kids are always pushing you away because you start to take it personal, you know, like I'm feeling rejection. And if you have any trauma in your past, then that all bubbles up and kind of complicates, um, the situation. So, um, so now, like I said, we're cuddling on the couch. We are, um, they asked me to cuddle with them. They are desiring for me to be in close contact with them. Um, just like our other attached children were doing. Um, and then having a baby, I think was also super helpful just in the big picture of just where we were in life, because 
I realized just how much they had missed out and it, and it moved me from being, um, like, why are you not wanting to do this to understanding just how much they missed out on? And so then being able to take this, like the information that I was, um, that I was thinking and taking it back to Tracy and, and saying, you know, like I'm seeing this happening at home or I'm feeling this way. How do you think it, um, how do you think that that contributes to the overall dynamics of our family? And just having her be able to kind of sort through the psychology and the science behind it was super helpful for us. And how has your quality of life shifted? I know four months isn't enough time to completely heal from adrenal fatigue, but what kind of things can you do now or what kind of, what's different now for you specifically? Um, I just feel more joyful. And I feel like I'm at this point now where I can take some of this information that I have learned and hand it off to other people. So I just really don't believe that we go through anything in life um, that's not meant to provide purpose for other people. And so um, just more joyful. I feel like a better mom again. Um, I feel like I'm falling in love with my children all over again. Um, not that I didn't love them, but sometimes liking them (laughs) was really hard (laughs) when they're, um, when we're having these like screaming tantrums, you know, it was hard to parent. And so now that some of these things are eliminated and I know how to handle them better when they do escalate, I know how to bring them down to a safe place. Um, instead of like not knowing what to do for sure. And then having it just escalate more, I'm able to, to deescalate some of our, um, or know that it's okay to just leave from certain events. Um, so just having those tools and knowing how to handle some of these things just makes, I don't want to say that being a parent is easy because it's not, it's hard and it's complicated and all of our kids can have issues, whether they're adopted or biological, but I just feel this joy again of the process of parenting. Um, and that just means the world to me because I don't want to go through life being stressed. I want to be joyful and loving and have boundaries and keep my kids, um, safe within the context of, of our family. Beautiful. And what would you recommend to someone else who is struggling with a difficult child? Sure. Um, I would recommend to seek help. I'd recommend them to seek out an attachment therapist and, and don't wait until you're so um, burnt out that it's hard to, to read a book <laughs> or that you feel like you're constantly struggling, um, that it's okay to be resourceful. It's okay to not have all the answers. Um, for me personally, I don't think that I would even adopt again without having an attachment therapist, um, specifically Tracy, you know, she's just been so great with our family. I don't, I just want parents to know that it's okay to be, I guess, where you are, but it's, it's also okay to seek help and get to where to get to where you want to be. Because I think there's this big picture of like, we are who we are, but there's this gap of who we want to be. And sometimes we're afraid to, um, to have resources or to get help, but that it really is okay. And that we're meant to do community together, um, together with other families, together with our churches together with therapists if we need it. Um, and, and you see that in the world, you see that in China, you see that in Ethiopia, you see people living in community with other people, um, and not being embarrassed when you need to seek out help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so 
These are amazing. There are so many points when you were talking, especially when you said your little girls pick flowers and give them to you. It was just like, yeah. oh, my heart. Yeah, yeah it's it's amazing. It, it really, really is just to see the transformation. Um, and, you know, I knew going into it that I had issues to work on, too. I knew that I wasn't doing the best job that I could be doing. Um, and so I think that the other families might find that, too, is that you have to be open to changing yourself, right? And you have to be open to being challenged yourself. So when you step into therapy or when you step into these roles as a, as a mom, um, or as a family, you have, if you want to see change, you have to be willing to be challenged. And so, um, I, I think I was just at this point where I was ready. I was ready for whatever it took to make sure that we were healthy. Um, and so, but it was so, the payoff is so worth it. You know, like here we are, we dug into some really hard places. I had to dig into some hard places. They had to dig into some hard places, but together we're at this like beautiful place of what it looks like to have a healthy family. Um, and, and I love that, like, our older kids get to model for our younger kids what it looks like um, to be healthy. And you had adopted before you got these twins, but you didn't have yeah. these same problems. Is that right? Yeah. For um, We had adopted, yeah, our little girl. She's six, and she came home when she was two. And so we had gone through um, about four to six months of some of the behaviors, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't quite to the extent so four to six months here, we were on like two years and still struggling. Um, and I know we adopted two at the same time, which does make a little bit of a difference. And they were number five and six, which does make a little bit of a difference instead of number four. Um, but we just didn't see the extent of what we saw. We kind of went through some rough, some rough times, but then we kind of came back out of it and she's doing amazingly, you know, she's amazing. She's doing great now. Okay. So, and, and I knew the, the wonderful thing was I knew that our girls would also get to that point. Like I just knew it. Like I knew that, um, with just a little extra help that we were going to be at that exact same place. So it was helpful to have adopted before and just see the progress that our other daughter had made. And then know that we we're at a spot that we couldn't, I just felt like we'd reached this plateau. We weren't moving forward anymore. And I just, I knew that if we could just get up to the top of that mountain, <laughs> that we were, we were going to see some, just some beautiful things in our life. And we did, and we have, and we're continuing to see that. What is it that you feel like you really want to talk about and share with the world? And you tapped on some of this in our conversation, but if there's anything that you're like moving forward, I would really love to talk about this aspect or this thing. Yeah. So I think on my heart right now is, um, is for other adoptive moms to know what some of this stuff can look like, what some, what reactive attachment disorder can look like. And just the fact that it is so common. Um, I think when I went into adoption, I, um, kind of saw it through rose colored lenses, you know, like, well, ah, you know, I have all this experience and, um, I, I will love this child enough to make changes. And sometimes, even though I still believe that love wins, that we have to love our children enough to recognize where they at, where they are at and what we can do to help them further. And so I think just admitting that it's not a bad thing to get the resources that you need if it comes up and just how common it is. 
Um, and then to go ahead and share your story. And I think it's a fine line because, you know, when I became pregnant with one of our kids, if someone would have said, um, you know, that the miscarriage rate is one in four, if someone would have said, you know, your kid having a heart disease is one in a hundred or the risk of down syndrome, or, um, you know, not that any of those, I think we have, I feel like I have to be careful to educate, but not to place fear in families. Does that make sense? Totally. Like I want people to know that this is a possibility because what's happening is kids are coming home and parents are so ill-equipped and they're rehoming these kids. What's happening is parents go to China and they spend this money and they feel like they're educated and they leave their kids in China and they go back to the orphanage. So we're seeing things that are happening that are unethical and unfair. And I just feel like parents are sometimes ill-equipped to handle what this looks like. Does, is it common for kids not to talk to you? Yes. Is it common for kids to throw tantrums? Yes. Their whole world has been rocked. And to see the, to see through the lens of these kids sometimes and not so much about what's happening to us. So it's not about you and this adoption process. It's about our kids, but it's okay to get the resources that you need in order to be healthy and for your child to be healthy. Um, because I just, I, I think that people, ha- their hearts are in the right place. They just don't always understand what's going to happen or what the possibility of happening and that it is normal and okay and, um, and not as scary as what it can sometimes be made out to be. Mm, beautiful. I hope you found something useful from these episodes. And if you need more support, please reach out to me via email. My email address is Tracy with an EY at fullcirclefamilycounseling.com. Please feel free to share this with anybody that you think might benefit from them. Also, if you would like to share your story on the show, or if you have any questions you'd like answered in an episode, please reach out to us through the website, which is www.fullcirclefamilycounseling.com. We look forward to hearing your stories and being able to offer more insight into what might be happening in your life. Thank you and know that you are not alone in this. I'm here to help you in any way that might be useful. I look forward to hearing from you.